Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. You ready to learn God's Word? Overcoming fear. Glory to God. Amen. How many of you are blessed to be part of this local church? Amen. Just five people? Just wanted to be sure. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I'm, I'm blessed to pastor you guys. I'm happy about that. Excited about that. Praise God. Let's, um, let's, let's get ready for the word. Let's get ready for the word this morning. Praise God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will go through your word in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. Alright, let's, um, let's look at this. We're looking at overcoming fear. Overcoming fear. And uh, this is very, it's very interesting because I was studying concerning fear and psychologists say that there are, that human beings have at least 7,000 kinds of fear. That's from a psychological perspective. About 7,000 different types of fear. Uh, sometimes people are born with what we call natural fear. Okay? So there are some people who are afraid of water. Okay? And there are people who are afraid of heights. I, I, I was someone who used to be afraid of heights. I, I don't like climbing heights. There are people who are afraid of dark places. There are people who are afraid of small places. If the place is too small, they get scared. And uh, there are people also who are afraid of, you know, all kinds of things. Some people are afraid of cockroaches. Many people I know. Uh, some people are afraid of rats, dogs. Anything in existence, there are people who are afraid of it. There are even people who are afraid of being in crowded places. And then there are people who are afraid of being alone. Praise God. Now, having said that, we, we now sort of grow up and think that it is normal. And so you will even find out that people... Uh, introduce themselves by their fear. And they begin to associate with it and begin to identify with it. All kinds of fear is not normal. Praise God. And um, that's what I want to deal with. And I want to pay very close attention to this because many times 
People operate out of fear, but they don't know that there's fear there. Now, I've talked about the psychological aspect. That is very easy to identify. So, everyone seated here, uh, there is something we can identify. Okay? Uh, Heights, whatever. Now, I used to be so afraid of heights, I don't climb trees. Okay? I, I can't remember when growing up, people were climbing trees. I never climbed trees. I was always staying at the bottom to collect whatever came from the up. Uh, they thought it was because I was selfless. You know, people just think, ah, he's a good boy. He likes gathering the mangoes. Is a lie. It was fear. Because most times people act out of fear, but they, they don't know they're afraid. And then you will interpret it as wisdom, but it's driven by fear. And uh, when the Lord, you know, called me into ministry and then I, I began to travel, I had to consciously deal with the fear because then flying became part of my life assignment. I have to consciously, and I'll show you on Wednesday, practical ways to deal with fear. I want to I teach you about fear this morning, to know that fear is a spirit that you have to deal with. Praise God. So, I had to practically deal with the fear of heights, and today, I, I mean, I fly, and I practically would sleep on the plane. It was, I had to deal with it by scriptures until I became comfortable with flying. And, I mean, the first time I flew, I was awake all through, you know. Holding the chair, praying in tongues. And I'll tell you that all fear is centered around something, the fear of death. All fear, if you summarize all the fear you have in one sentence, it's the fear of death. And so Jesus came to do something about that. Praise the name of the Lord. So I really want you to pay very close attention because many believers are held down by fear. And I'll show you how fear comes. I'll, I'll, I'll show you the sources of fear and, 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 and how it works. Let's look at the word overcome. What does it mean to overcome or overcoming? We say overcoming fear. Uh, two things. Number one, it means to succeed in dealing with a problem or a difficulty. So if I say uh, I've overcome this, it means that I've succeeded in dealing with it. So to overcome means to succeed in dealing with a problem or a difficulty. Number two, it means to defeat an opponent. To overcome means to defeat an opponent. So when we talk about overcoming fear, we're talking about defeating fear. Or talk about overcoming fear, we're talking about succeeding in dealing with fear. Praise God. I say praise God. Now, we must have the biblical perspective to things. You see, we must learn to see things from the Bible point of view. If the Bible calls something a spirit, don't say it's normal. Praise God. For instance, uh, the Bible says it's the spirit of fear. Don't say, I was born with this fear. You know, you deal with it. You deal with it. Because Adam in the garden had no fear. Have you thought about that? Yeah, think about that. The man named lions, named elephants, named all of those stuff. There was no fear. There was absolutely no fear. In Adam. Fear is not of God. Fear is not of God. We as children of God must never normalize fear. It's not normal. Don't, don't normalize it. Don't identify and associate with it. Praise God. It's easy to say, oh, that's why I used to be afraid. No, don't normalize it. Identify that something is wrong where fear is concerned. 
And I'm not just talking about the natural fear that we have that the psychologists identify. Imagine people, people talking about uh, 7,000 types of fear. I mean, that's a lot. And maybe one person out of that 7,000 has 3,000. You know, sometimes you never know what you're afraid of until you encounter it. You know, there are people who just knowing that this island is across the water will never come. They'll just tell you, listen, is it where? Is it where you cross what I say, I'm not coming. Say it's, it's a big ship. Say, I'm not coming. They, are, they don't even want to know. Praise God. Now, you can use what I'm teaching this morning to, to deal with that natural fear. I've used it to deal with natural fear. I've used, I've practicalized this. Alright? i practicalized this. In, in at least three areas of my life. In practical things that I grew up being afraid of, I put this to work and, and had that fear disappear. Now, how does fear come? What's the source of fear? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Let's look at this now. And, and we've talked about the natural fear, right? But then people also live with all kinds of fear. Some people, very good Christians. They live with the fear of having a bad marriage. That fear is there and it begins to motivate their action. There are many single people who are afraid of marrying the wrong person. They, they are just afraid. They are just afraid. I don't want to marry the wrong person. I hope I don't marry the wrong person. And that becomes a fear. There are people who are afraid of their future. There are people who are afraid that their children will turn out wrongly. They are just afraid. And so every time they pay for their children, it's out of fear. I'll talk about that. That's what happened to Job. In fact, when Job was sacrificing for his children, he was sacrificing out of fear. I don't know if these children have sinned. And Job said, what I greatly feared has come upon me. You see, fear is a spirit. And what you are afraid of will happen. Write that down. Whatever you are afraid of, you will get. If you don't replace fear with faith, that very thing you are afraid of that should not happen to you, you will get it. And that's why we don't, we don't tolerate fear. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't tolerate any kind of fear. If there's any kind of fear in your life right now, you take the time and deal with it with the word of God until that fear is replaced by faith. Some of the people I knew growing up with who had this, you know, they were so scared, you know, so scared of marriage, so scared of getting married to the wrong people. I mean, and they didn't deal with that thing and, and they operated in that fear, ended up having very terrible marriages. Because they didn't get into it by the faith of God, they got into it by fear. And in their fear, they had several actions that looked like, oh, they were protecting themselves, but it was rooted in fear. You've got to deal with fear. Fear of the future. Fear of your children turning bad. Fear of bad things happening. You know, there are people who are just like, they, they, they can't settle. They just feel something bad will happen. I, I just feel, they, they never can enjoy the moment because they just feel something bad is going to come and interrupt it. What's the source of fear? Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. Look at this. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, talking about us, he himself likewise, he himself there is talking about Jesus, 
Likewise also partook of the same, that means Jesus partook of flesh and blood, that through death, through his death on the cross, he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil. So Jesus went on the cross to render the devil powerless, look at verse 15, and my free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. Through the fear of death. You see, the fear of death comes from Satan. Come on, everyone say Satan is the source of fear. Say it one more time. Say Satan is the source of fear. So the original source of fear is Satan. Any kind of fear you have right now, it didn't come from God. From Satan. And I'll show you four ways by which Satan brings fear into our lives. I'll show you from scriptures how it brings fear into our life. And once Satan gets fear in your life, he's got a foothold. And so the Bible says, do not give him a place. Glory to God. Don't give him a place. Fear of death. You know, sometimes when you get in the car and you hear people pray, you know that that prayer is motivated out of fear. People, people almost feel like they would have accidents all the time. And in this part of our world, because of our roads and the way our uh, roads are, we have normalized that prayer before traveling because we've normalized fear. So it's not part of our life. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, you can normalize fear. I'll talk about that. You can get in an environment and buy into the fear that is in that environment and you partake of it and you receive it. So if you are traveling, even if you were not afraid, you, you went into the car with, uh, with boldness. By the time this, this, this uh, roving park evangelist comes and they say a word of prayer and everything, they start talking about blood-sucking demons and everything and everything and share some very strange and very weird testimonies, you now become almost more conscious that, yeah, it's true, I, I just have to pray, I just have to pray. That's fear. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, the devil is the one who originates fear. And all fear is summed up in the fear of death. Any fear you have right now, if you take it to the end, is that you're scared of dying. That's the fear. Whether it's fear of height, fear of this, fear of this, is summed up in death. Now, go to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. And I'll show you this now. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Now, if you read from verse 6, Paul says, For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Paul was speaking to Timothy, his spiritual son. For God has not given to us the spirit of timidity. The, the Greek word there is the spirit of timidity or the spirit of fear or cowardice. Spirit of being a coward. It says, but of power and love and discipline or what? Sound mind. Now look at this. Paul had to tell him, there is a gift in you. Stare that gift afresh. Because the fear of not expressing that gift was not from God. So, there are some of us here now that are anointed, called into the ministry, called to do something for God, but we are not bold to step into that place because of fear. There are many people in, who are called into ministry that cannot get into ministry because they are afraid of what's going to happen if I get into ministry, especially if it's full-time ministry. It's fear. Sometimes it comes like wisdom, but it's masqueraded as fear. Yeah. 
And if, if you don't deal with that fear, you will not step into the assignment of God for your life. Because the human mind wants guarantees. Hallelujah. How many of you think guarantees are good? They are good. Praise the name of the Lord. Do you think when we're coming here to plant this work, there was no fear in our heart? We have to deal with the fear. We have to go before the Lord, deal with the fear. Why? Because, I mean, you're coming here, it's not like you're pastored here somewhere, some people know you and then you're going to break away and people know you. You're coming here, maybe knowing just one person or two people, what's the guarantee that you do well? You leave everything and then the Lord asks you and says, leave everything, just come, give everything away. How, do you, how are you sure it's the Holy Spirit? What about if it was not God? What about if it's your mind? Praise God. Are you still here? So, so Paul tells Timothy that that thing restricting you from kindling afresh the flame of God, the power of God that's in you, the assignment of God in you is the spirit of fear. It, it calls it a spirit. It says God has not given it to you. Now if I use the word give, it means that it came from somewhere. Right? And that means it has to be received. Am I right? Yeah, am I right, brother? If I say, I have not given John my handkerchief, it means that the handkerchief is coming from somewhere, but if John is to be in possession of it, he has to receive it. That fear that is in your life was received. You were not born with any kind of fear. You received it. Yeah, you received it. Any kind of fear, you received it. And it's a spirit. How is it a spirit? It's controlling your actions. Because if Timothy's got the spirit of fear in him, he's afraid to express the gift of God. He's afraid to obey God. He's afraid to step into what God has. Whatever you're afraid of will keep you from getting to the next phase. It's the spirit of bondage. Remember what we read in Hebrews? It's the spirit of bondage. It makes you a slave. And you know how a slave is? A slave is timid. If, if, if there was this slave trade and they bring a slave here, he would not be able to speak. In fact, psychology said the number one fear people have is the fear of public speaking. Give some people the mic now, their hands will start shaking. That's how powerful fear is. I mean, just give them the mic. You know, sometimes you think it's easy to preach. Have the whole church full and say, go and share your testimony. Their mic will be shaking. Their hands will be shaking. Where did that come from? That's how powerful fear is. Literally, their body will be shaking. Hmm? If you have ever been afraid, you know that fear is a, pot- is a potent spirit. Walking in the dark, and you see something shake. Especially if you, if you grew up in the village. And, and, and the enemy has a way of making everything look like a human being. You just see plantain leaves, it looks like a human being with horns. And then once in a while, the breeze will shake it. I mean, you will, you, 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 I mean, you will know that fear has got power. Your body will freeze. Your mind will be disabled. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or get someone who is afraid of heights. Get them to climb something. Even as big as they are, you see them shiver. That's not normal. God didn't create you that way. But aside of that, there are little fears we have. Fears that we will not have a happy life. Fear that we will not prosper. Fear that the future is bleak. And those fear motivates us to have actions today that, that in fact paralyzes the future. 
Fear that your husband would leave you. Fear that, I mean, all kinds of fears abound. You've got to identify them. You've got to identify them. Don't shy away from them. Don't pretend like they're not there. How does this fear come? Look at Psalm 34, verse 4. I'll show you something here. I mean, I saw this this morning. I was like, wow. Look at what David said. Psalm 34. Bible theologians say that there are over 362, 65 do not fear in the Bible or fear not. I haven't counted. I read, but I haven't counted. Psalm 34, that you can take one for each day. Psalm 34 verse 4, look at what David said. I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord. And he answered me. And what did he do? I can hear you church. What did the Lord do? How many of my fears? All my fears. That means an individual can possess more than one fear. One type of fear now. You can be afraid of this, afraid of that, afraid of this. But then, look at what David said. He said, God delivered me from it. Now, the word delivered, if I use the word delivered, would I be referring to something that kept someone bound? Would I be correct to say that? Yeah, because I would not use delivered if it didn't hold you bound. If you were not a captive, you don't need to be delivered. Are we, are, we, are we accurate on that? Yeah. Because it says, He delivered me. I sought the Lord. Now, listen to this now. It means that He couldn't deliver Himself. The Lord had to deliver Him from the fears He had. Because He was already a captive to the fear. He was already bound in bondage. We cannot talk about deliverance if we're not talking about bondage. You can only be delivered for something that has captured you. You cannot tell a free man, be delivered. I mean, he doesn't need to be delivered. Or, deliverance will only come if somebody is possessed with something. And so, we see fear here, and understand this, that fear keeps a man in bondage. And even though you're a child of God, if you entertain fears in your life, it'll keep you bound. You've got to be delivered from it. You've got to be set free from it. Any kind of fear. I don't know. I don't care how it masquerades. I don't care how it comes. Whatever form of fear you have, you've got to set yourself free from it. Some people are just afraid that bad things will happen. People are afraid. That their lives will not turn out right. People are afraid that their children will not turn out right. Praise God. Now, how does, how does, we're going to talk about how the Lord delivers people from fear, but don't forget this verse, Psalm 34 verse 4. Keep it as your memory verse. Psalm 34 verse 4 and 2 Timothy 1 7, you understand that. That fear is a spirit. Don't treat fear normally. Anything you are afraid of, I'll show you on Wednesday very practically how to deal with it. Isolate it and deal with it until faith comes in that place. And, and let me tell you, for instance, let me use ministry as an example. A minister can be afraid that God will not meet his needs. Right? Then he goes about manipulating people for money. Now, when you see that manipulation, you would not know that that manipulation is sourced in fear. 
So sometimes the things we are afraid of do not come out as fear. That's why the enemy is deceptive. It might come out as whatever, but if you allow the Holy Ghost to set your heart and say, Lord, what areas am I afraid of? And, and begin to make those adjustments. The Lord will deliver you from all your fears. All kinds of fears that you have. Praise God. Now then, what, what, how does fear come? We know who brings fear. How does it come? Number one, I'll show you four things. Number one, experiences. 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 Under experiences, you'd have past experience present experience or forecasted future experience. Praise God. Past experience, present experiences or forecasted future experience. That means the thing has not happened but you, you kind of think like this thing may happen. So it's forecasted. For instance, somebody think, ah, ah I may have a bad marriage. The bad marriage has not that. In fact, they have not. They are not even married, right? Then they just feel they would have a bad marriage. So it's forecasted future fear. F F F. <laughs> they forecasted future fear. Oh, I, I, I'm just afraid. My my child. How my child will not go and, and and do something wrong. Forecasted future fear. So how does fear come? Past experience, present experience, and what? Forecasted future fear. Now, let's go to Isaiah 43, and I'll show you something there. Fear is a spirit. Deal with it. Don't accommodate it. Brother Copeland said, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. It will spoil your faith. Whatever fear you have, seek the Lord like David, and let him deliver you from it. Go to Isaiah 43, and verse 1 to 3. Look at this. But, thus, but now, thus says the Lord, your creator, O, o Jacob... And he will form you, O Israel. Do not fear. Everybody say, do not fear. Do you see that as a commandment? Is that... If I tell you, do not fear, is it a commandment or an instruction or what? Or an advice? What do you think? What do you think? Is it a suggestion? If I tell you, do not fear, what, what, would you, what do you think that would be? Would it be a commandment? Commandment and an instruction. Now, if I say do not fear and you fear, are you obedient or disobedient? You see that now? Can you see that? Now look at this. It says, For I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. Did you see something here? The Lord did not say, you will not go through the waters. He says, when you go through the waters. Right? When the flames burn you. When, when, when you walk through the fire, sorry. You will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. Some of us grew up in homes where we went through fire. So you were raised... In a home where the father was not there Or the mother was not there It was like going through fire That fear is still in your heart Praise God Some of you were raised Or some of us were raised as children That were not loved That hurtful experience 
it's still in our heart. Some of us sexually abused, raped, or molested by people we trusted. So the enemy used that past experience as a fear in your heart to stop your future. You have to be delivered from it. You grew up in a home where the, the father wasn't faithful. And every time the enemy opens a window for that fear to come in. I hope my husband is not cheating on me. I hope my husband is not cheating on me. And this is what I've discovered. And that's why I pray that if you are married, if you are married in this church, make sure you, you know, if your wife is here, good for you, and your husband is here. But if your wife and your husband is not here, make sure both of you get a hold of this message and listen to it together. Because I realize that the fear that we entertain in our heart can cause things to come into our marriages that shouldn't be there in the first place. Because sometimes you ask yourself, why is this happening? There's no need for this. And you, you un, 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 unknown to you, the fear of your partner opens the door and creates a foothold for the enemy to come into the house. Because Job says, what I fear most has happened to me. Listen to me. Your faith will produce for you, your fear, your fear will produce for you. That thing you are afraid of, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but this is the truth. That thing you are afraid of will happen. How do you prevent it from not happening? You get delivered from it. If you are afraid that your child is going to be stubborn, he will be stubborn. Yes, sir. Because that thing is a spirit. And demons will go to work to cause that thing to happen. That's why I pray that you really listen to this message. And isolate every form of fear that you have and get in the word. If not, your fear becomes an attractive force. And sometimes people do things and they can't even say why they are doing it. Past experience or your present experience can introduce fear. So something might be going on right now and that sows the seed of fear. That's, you know what? That's all the enemy wants. Harry, come. That's all the enemy wants. Right? So I'll use you as... I don't know what I want to use you as now. But I know what I want to do. Alright? Let me give you an example of what a foothold is. So put your hand like this. Just put your hands like that. Alright? Now, let's, let's imagine I'm the devil. And I want to get a hold of Harry. Okay? If I'm walking past him, it's easy to get a hold of him like this. Right? Are you following this now? Now, all he needed to do was to create this space. And from this place, I can get into his life, hook him up. But if his hands are this way, let's assume it, there's no way for me to get in. What fear does is that it creates an opening for the enemy to get into your life. That's what fear does. And to be delivered from fear means that you don't have anything creating this opening in your life for the enemy to hook up. Whether it's your past experience, whether it's your present experience, whether it's your forecasted future experience. You've got to deal with fear. Don't entertain it. The devil will kill you if he has a chance. And that's why, thank you Harry. That's why you see most times when things happen, people say, I said it. Have you, have you experienced that? Ha! I was afraid this will happen and it has happened. Yes sir. Yes sir. Because what you fear happens to you. 
Many people who are afraid that they shouldn't die by accident eventually dying by accident. Can I tell you something? I think I've told you this before. Don't ever forget this. The realm of the spirit is precise. The realm of the spirit is exact. You can deceive yourself, but you can't deceive the realm of the spirit. If there's fear in your heart, we might not know that there's fear in your heart. But the realm of the spirit will pick that up in a very precise way. That's why you have to deal with it. Praise God. Now, number two, observations. People can observe things and that becomes a source of fear. Luke 21, 26. Just observing. Let's use the example of marriages again. You can just observe marriages around you falling apart. That becomes a source of fear. What you should tell yourself is that my case is different. Are are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't care how you were raised up. You choose what will happen in your home. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't care how you were raised up. I don't care what happened to you. You choose. I don't care if you were raised up in poverty. You need to deal with the fear of poverty. And begin to embrace God's prosperity over your life. Embrace abundance. By the word of God. And I'll show you on Wednesday. Make sure you're in service on Wednesday or you tune in the live service. I'll show you practically how to deal with it. Glory to God. People fainting from fear and the expectation of the things that are coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. It says, listen, people will faint from fear and expectations of the things that would happen. Observations. Can't tell you how many people the seed of fear has been sown into their heart through this COVID thing. Just, just fear everywhere. When you hear news, you hear a lot of kidnapping news. You hear a lot of kidnapping news. 700 people kidnapped. 600 people kidnapped. 10 women and 7 pregnant men kidnapped. All kinds of things. You don't even check if the news is true. Just say, yeah, they were kidnapped. Say, how many people? Say, seven pregnant men. Can a man get pregnant? They forget they were kidnapped. <laughs> Observation. You can observe things. It looks like news, but it's sowing the seed of fear. Before you know, once you start traveling, oh, Lord, let me not be kidnapped. Lord, let me not be kidnapped. That's, and then seed just gets in there. And you're scared. And fear is there. Are you, are, you, are you following what I'm saying this, this morning? We have to deal with this. How many of you think we have to deal with this thing? Every area of our life. Fear of public speaking. Fear of, some people have the fear of sharing the gospel. If I, if I put all of us in a bus now and say preach, you realize that people cannot preach. They just have fear. Have you ever preached in a bus before? Man, the first time I preached in a bus, fish, I almost forgot all my verses. Yeah. Or the first time the Lord gave me a word of knowledge for a woman in a bus. I was traveling. I was going to be in then. And, and the Lord, I think the woman was battling with childbirth or something, but she was so depressed. And the Lord just showed me that. And, and said, just tell her. I'll answer her. Things will be fine. Just give me a word of knowledge for her. <laughs> I just said, you know you are God. You can do all things. Tell her yourself. I mean, you know, you don't want to appear like a false prophet. Who is this person? I don't know this person. And uh, if you know Benin very well, I've lost a bit of my geography of Benin. But I mean, the first stop is about Sapler Road, right? Yeah, then Sapler Road, then you go on to Dumais and all those things, and then down to Ring Road. I was to stop in Sapler Road. That means you're just getting into Benin, right? That was where I was to stop. 
And they got to my bus stop. I haven't told the woman. The Lord was on my case. So I followed the car. Got to the maze there. I followed. We got to Ring Road. And then, then they used to allow parking at Ring Road. That was the final bus stop. And the Lord said, you, you, I mean, you tell this woman this. And I'm like, God, you speak to her. You know, and we came down. Now the woman was going. I, I, I stood. I looked. What do I do? So, she was like, so I just ran. I just said, see, I'm not usually like this. <laughs> you know, but this thing has been on my heart right from, I'm supposed to stop in Zapier Road, but I just have to tell you this. And I told her, I said, the Lord just said, he would answer you. Be encouraged. Be strengthened. Don't be discouraged. And the woman broke down. She began to cry. She said, all through this trip, I was just praying, God, if you will still answer me, give me a sign. Yeah. But you see, fear can stop you from expressing the gift of God. Are you following that? Fear can stop you. So it's important for us to understand that what fear does is to hold you in bondage. That's why the psalmist said, He delivered me from all my fears. It will hold you down. You will not be able to enjoy life. You will not be able to experience the fullness of God or the blessings of God in your life. So from observation, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 25 to 26 says, I think that that illustration really doesn't fit into what I'm, I'm saying right now. But I think the Lord had me to say that to help someone to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. So you take that. Praise God. Now, Luke 21, uh, sorry, Proverbs 3, 25 to 26. It says, Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. Proverbs 3, 25 to 26. Listen, are bad things going to happen in this world? The answer is capital yes, underlined, bold. Bad things will happen. Will trouble come on this world? Trouble will come on this world. But you are immune from them. Did I hear an amen? amen. That's, that's your reality. He says a thousand will fall by your left and ten thousand by your right hand, but only with your eyes will you behold the reward of the wicked. He didn't tell you that things will not happen. Things will happen. Things will happen. And that's why constantly every day you must be in the word of victory. That's something the Lord has been putting in my heart. That every day you get in the word. The world is getting more wicked. You, you get in the word. The world is getting more crazy. You get in the word. You, you find out we are living in a world where uh, young graduates are, are going to look for jobs. And people would put up fake job signs just to get a hold of people and get them killed and get them kidnapped and all of this. So you can't just walk without knowing, without knowing by the Spirit what, what vehicle to enter in. You can't know by the Spirit, oh, this job, no, don't take it, don't take it, that's not true. You, you have to be sensitive in the Spirit. You can't just be lazing around and you're all over the place and you're not sensitive. The world is wicked. The, the Bible did not tell us the world wouldn't be wicked. He told us that darkness shall cover the earth. And gross darkness, gross darkness covering the earth it means that people are going to be wicked raised to power one million. We, we, we live in a generation where people are using their own parents to make money. I mean, if somebody who uses mother to make money, then who are you? 
We, we are not denying the reality of our world. We are just saying that we will not give the enemy, come on now, a foothold in our life so we live in fear because God has ordained us for victory. Hallelujah. Are you following this now? Number three, information. How does fear come? Information. This information, I categorize it into four, two, three kinds of information. Number one, transmitted, orally transmitted, spoken. Hmm? When people say things to you constantly, the only stories they say are bad stories. You have this friend that knows everybody that is experiencing a bad thing. And they are communicating fear into your heart. Just as faith is being communicated. Fear is being communicated. Then the media. The media. Now, under media, you have the traditional media, which is television and radio. And uh, you also have what? The social media. Social media is big in our generation. And it communicates a lot of fears. There are so many things on social media that are not true. That's the truth. There are many, in fact, a lot of things are not true. But you know what? When we read social media, we take them as true, as verified information. That's the truth. We take them as verified information. And they sow the seeds of fear in our heart. Have you ever seen on social media where they are celebrating a couple who had lived together harmoniously for 30 years? Very rare. Have you read of people who are divorcing all the times? Hello? Don't pretend as if you are not on Facebook. Have you, which, which have you read more? But let's be honest. Have you read of people who are celebrating 20 years in marriage, 25 years in marriage, 30 years, or you're celebrating the divorce cases? Which, which do you find more? Yeah. Have you read of hardworking pastors who are feeding the flock, taking care of the church of God, teaching God's word, or you've heard of pastors who have misbehaved? Pastors impregnate uh, two goats. Which do you read more about? Pastors buy jets. Pastors are taking church money, right? Let's be honest. That's why some of you don't tithe. Praise God. You know, my friend, and that's why I stopped listening to the news. I haven't listened to the news. I haven't, I haven't listened to the news in... Uh, I stopped listening to news 2003. I haven't listened to the news since 2003, and I would not listen to the news. Whatever is going to happen, is, there's nothing new. But I haven't consciously, I don't sit down to listen to news. I, don't, I haven't sat down to listen to the news since 2003. And I haven't read. I just know enough to know that the country is not being sold. That's just okay for me. But every other thing, I don't listen to news. I'm not saying you shouldn't listen. I don't listen to news. And I haven't listened since 2003, and I would not. And one of the reasons I I, I decided not to listen to the news, first of all, is that uh, a lot of the things they say, there's what you call an agenda. So if 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 let's say if the government wants us to believe something, they would, they would tune the news. If you study mass communication, you understand what I'm saying. They would set the agenda of the news and populate that news so much until the masses would buy into that news. And it will influence their decision. 
So let's say before elections, uh, they, can, they can have a two-year strategy to, to influence the decisions of people. So they can start reporting something, start reporting something, start reporting something. And over the time, people believe it because what you hear constantly, you believe as truth. And then you act that way. And then my friend who used to work in the news media told me something. He said, they taught them that good news is not news. That good news is not news. And that's the truth. If you watch news for 30 minutes, about 25 will be bad news. And in fact, when you tune on the television, you actually are not tuning in the television to hear good news. That's the truth. Are you tuning in to hear good news? No. I mean, this is practical stuff now. This is not theology. When you tune in to hear news, what gets in your heart? What, what are you really expecting? What's bad is happening? Right? Now listen. When you, you see a headline, let's hear an example. Pastor does this. Alright? Or let's say, a pastor built a school for school children. Let's be honest. Are you really... Yeah, I mean, I can even feel in the house. Like, yeah, okay, you should do that. But just here, pastor kills young girl for child. Hmm. Hmm. And, and because that's what, that's what actually caused more people to read the news. Are you following this now? And that's why you see Gossip Blogs has thousands of visits. Teaching blogs. Very few number of visits. So the world is set that way. And that thing releases what? The spirit of fear. So talk about news, information, transmitted orally, one-on-one, media, social media, or news media. Then, look at this. Psalm 112, verse 6 to 8. The Bible covers this. Psalm 112, verse 6 to 8. Praise the name of the Lord. (laughs) Are you seeing how, how complex fear is? Come on, are you seeing how complex this thing is? We have to deal with it. I eradicate fear totally from your life. Hallelujah. Look at this. It says, Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. The next one, it says, verse 7, They will have no fear of bad news. I like that. I like that. Hallelujah. They would have no fear of what? Bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. It says they will have no fear of bad news. The New American Standard, uh, Psalm 112, verse 7 says, He will not fear evil tithings. Evil tithings. says the righteous will not fear bad news. Bad news brings fear. Praise God. And you have to watch that. You have to be careful of that. If believers will get in the word, they would walk in victory. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. When the enemy opens the door of fear into your heart, don't take that seed. 
everything and I, please make sure you are in on Wednesday make sure you're in on Wednesday I don't want to rush into the I, I want to deal with this um, and I want to show you very practically you would isolate the fear and deal with it until faith arises in that place every all the fear I identified in my life that's the treatment I give to them until faith comes in and there are certain things right now that <laughs> zero fear because just as fear is a spirit faith is also a spirit you can't pretend it's not there. You don't wish it away. You get delivered from it. Everybody say delivered. You get set free from it. And it's not by the laying on of hands. Sometimes it can come by that, but then you have, to, you have work to do. Most people don't want to get to work on their life. That's why it looks, you know, tough sometimes. Fear is contagious. It spreads. Fear can spread like a virus. Deuteronomy 28. Let me show you from the Bible. And that's why you should be careful the kind of people you run with. You know, most times when we talk about be careful of associations, people always think that, yeah, we don't, so, so, so how do we have friends? Deuteronomy 28. We're not saying don't have friends. We're saying have friends that are faith-filled. Can I tell you this? What your friend believes so much about life can be a dominant representation in your life. You will catch on it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You will catch on it. Deuteronomy chapter 20 and verse 8. It says, Then the officers shall speak further to the people and say, Who is the man that is afraid and faint-hearted? Let him depart and return to his house, so that he might not make his brother's heart melt like his heart. And they were going to battle. And the Lord says, Hey, 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 who, who is afraid? He said, who, who, whose, whose heart is melting? He said, go home. So you will not make your brother's heart to melt. That means that a fear-filled heart will poison other hearts with fear. Look at it now, it's in the Bible. He said, go home. That means they rather that if we're going to war, right, let's not carry people that are fearful. If not, they'll spread the fear. Imagine soldiers going, one is afraid. And they say, everybody position, we're about to take the enemy and now we'll keep whispering. He, he, he will kill us. <laughs> you know our guns are not even strong. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on. There's something about succeeding in life that takes courage. You know, most people, I always use ministers, most people, it's their friends that taught them out of full-time ministry. I remember early days, we're starting out. I mean, there was time, I mean, it wasn't like I got everything perfect. There was a time that, man, I was, I was so, like, tempted <laughs> to go get a job. So, then, we're, we're, we're not married then. We're, we're cutting myself and I'm married. So, I called her up and I'm like, yeah, I got this job in this school. I want to take it. And she said, which class? And I said, primary classes. <laughs> and she was like, number one, yeah, you're not somebody who teaches children. But, yeah, if the Lord is just calling you, why not just go ahead? Just, just trust the Lord. Just trust the Lord. Just go for it. Imagine at that time, she said, mm, you are a wise man. I think so. Now I'm saying something. now, Because there are moments in your life where you are at a crossroad. If the person closest to you is operating in fear, they're going to transfer that into your heart. And if, if she didn't make that decision, she didn't put that suggestion that way, what would have happened? 
is maybe I would have just delayed my journey of getting into the full-time ministry. You don't know the impact people closest to you have on you. You underestimate it. Don't ever do that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you're in a relationship with somebody, don't underestimate their advice in your life. Oh, don't underestimate it. Don't underestimate the impact of your husband. Don't underestimate the impact of the people closest to you. They can spread fear. They can, they can put faith in your heart. As a wife, you can sow fear in your husband's heart. As a husband, you can sow fear in your wife's heart. It says, let the man who is afraid return to his house. Let him go with his fear. It says, so that he might not make his brother's heart melt like his heart. That's heart transplant. Huh? He says, so that he will not make... So, you understand this now. Listen to this carefully. His brother's heart was not melting. His brother's heart was not in fear. But his heart possessed fear. And if he goes along with his brother... Can you see, can, can you see something? Now, listen very carefully. It was Bishop Oedibo I heard first made this explanation. And I think it's very true. He says, if you are up and somebody is down. He says, it is easier for the person down to pull you down than for you to lift that person up. In your attempt to help people preserve your space. I want to help you. I want to help you. I want to help you. You are not entered the pit with the person. Look at this. Do you realize the Bible did not say, let the one that is afraid go with us so that his heart will be strengthened? Are you, are you here or you are going home? You are here? Did you see that? The Bible did not say, let him go. After a while, his heart will be strengthened. No. The Bible says, let him go to his house. If not, the one whose heart is strong will begin to be afraid like his own. It's always more, it's a bit, how do I put it now? Put it on the right way. It's a lot more easier for people to catch habit, bad habits than good habits. See how long you've been trying to change yourself. See how long you've been trying to change your friends. And you see, if somebody wants to become wicked, see how quickly they become wicked. I mean, somebody starts smoking. Right? I mean, just as an example. Somebody starts smoking now. He just starts, I mean, he starts smoking today, and then he's coughing, and then tomorrow he's smoking. And next time you see the guy is puffing cigarettes seamlessly. It doesn't take evil, it doesn't take long to get into evil. Now, you convert that person and want that person to be born again and start going to church, and then maybe for the next one year, he's struggling to stop. He starts, he stops, he starts, he stops, he starts, he stops. That's why one of the ways the enemy destroys people's lives is that he sows a bad habit in their life very early that they struggle with all their life. And that's why, you see, especially those of us that work with teenagers, work with young people, if there's anything you can do to get these people to God very early in their life, you are saving a whole generation. Because people struggle with habits. Because it's, it's easier to get into negative habits. And you have to be careful of that. If there are people around you that have fear, know when to say, hey, hey, you go back to your house with that fear. Every time they are discussing marriage, they are not discussing healthy marriage, they are discussing broken homes, you stop it. Every time they are discussing about children, they are talking about the ones they are going to bail from police station, you stop it. Every time they are talking about traveling, they are talking about accidents, you stop it. That's why if I travel on a regular bus service, I usually have my EAPs and messages. Because everybody in the bus knows everything about this country. Say, Buhari, say, don't mind that man. He's from Sudan. 
from Sudan. Know what I'm saying? And then, you know, for the whole journey from beginning to end, is there any good news? No good news. How bad the country is. How things are rough. How, and then, God forgive you guys if you pass an accident scene. Then the conversation changes. It's all the multiple accidents. Somebody say, ah, you finish your own, finish your own. There's more accident I have to tell you people about. And then people will start. I mean, I'm telling you, for and imagine the hour. I mean, five hours. It's five hours of bad news, accident, killings, kidnapping. No information leaves you the same. Before you say, man, somebody has to leave this country, even if it's Kotonu, have to leave. I'm, t- <laughs> I'm telling you, fear. We must know that fear is a spirit. Go to Joshua 14, 8. Thank you, Lord. Joshua chapter 14, verse 8. Are you learning something this morning? Come on, somebody say, no fear in my life. Oh, say one more time. Say, no fear in my life. Say loud and clear. Say, I'm not entertaining any kind of fear in my life anymore. Can we say it again? Say, I'm not entertaining any kind of fear in my life anymore. I have a good life. I have a prosperous life. I have a righteous life. God's thought towards me are thoughts of good and not of evil that I might have an expected end. Glory to God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. No fear in our church. Glory to God. No fear in our homes. No fear about our finances. No fear about our children. No fear about our marriages. No fear about our life. We will live long. We will live blessed. Glory to God. Our children will grow up as mighty children on the earth. Thank you, Lord. That's how we talk. And that's what we get. Joshua chapter 14, verse 8. Nevertheless, my brethren, when he uses the word brethren, means his brothers. Who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear. But I followed the Lord my God fully. He's talking about the ten spies. The ten spies brought a report of fear and made a whole congregation to die in the wilderness. Can you imagine that whatever God has promised you, you, you may not walk in it if you entertain fear. Hmm? God says, go into the promised land. They marched from Egypt. We are going to the promised land. We are going to the promised land. We are going to the promised land. Yeah. I mean, and you know how God did? Painted the picture of Canaan for them. It's land flowing with milk and honey. And oh, mercy, man. Ah, thank God our days of slavery is over. Praise God. And then they sent these ten spies. Then these guys came back. Said, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> It's not as God said it that it is so. <laughs> See, we're like grasshoppers in their sights, telling you just to just to just to make it easy for you to understand. See that land, each up its inhabitant. So you say, hi. Will Egypt not have been better? I said, it would have been better. Oh, it's better somebody's a slave, ah, but you know that you can eat, can go to Canaan, and they did not eat us. See, we're not. The scriptures say they stood in their tent and began to cry. <laughs> this is the same people that God parted the Red Sea. Miracles don't change people until you renew your mind. Forget all what God has done for you. The most ungrateful people are some of the people that God has performed miracles for. You know, sometimes when people are sad, you now ask them, Why are you sad? People that God has transformed their life, people that God has blessed, people that God has been good to, they will just be unnecessarily angry. 
Hmm? I'll, I'll, I'll dare you, right? If you bring anybody who is suffering from depression to sit in front of me, and I talk through them through their life, you would have seen that the mercy and the goodness and the grace of God has been evident. But you know what the enemy does? Blinds them to that. Makes them to see the one thing they don't have. And then they get depressed. That's a foothold. And then the enemy falls in there. From there they start thinking and start thinking all kinds of thoughts. They made the people's hearts to melt. And these guys literally died in the wilderness. Because of fear. They didn't enter the promised land. God cannot help you if you entertain fear. You have to be delivered from it. The one thing God wants to do for you is to deliver you from fear. Not entertain it. Whatever fear you have today, cast it before the Lord. Let me tell you, if there is nothing God can take care of, if there is nothing God can take care of, then there is nothing for you to be afraid of. That thing that is a fear in your heart, give it to the Lord. Rest in Him, praise God. Are you still here? Thank you, Lord. Now, now then, let me see. Let's, let's see this. We must know that fear is a spirit, just as faith is a spirit. Fear is also what? A spirit. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 30, you remember Peter? The Bible says, But seeing the wind, Peter saw the wind, but seeing the wind, he became frightened, or he became afraid. And then he began to sink. He cried out, say, Lord, save me. Can you see what happened? Fear made him to start sinking. Here was Peter walking on the boat, walking on water. Jesus said, Come. He saw the wind. He observed the wind. And what happened? He began to sink. Praise God. He began to sink. He observed the wind and started sinking. What made Peter to sink? The spirit of fear. When you entertain fear in your life, that's what happens. You start sinking. You start going down. It doesn't matter how long you've been walking with the Lord. Praise God. It doesn't matter how experienced a Christian you are. If you entertain fear, it will start pulling you down. If you entertain fear in your life, it will start dragging you down. You must say no fear in your life. All kinds of fear, No. That thought of fear coming to your heart, you tell yourself, no way, I'm not entertaining this because this is a spirit that wants to pull me down. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? Alright. Let's read two more scriptures and then we'll wrap up here. We'll continue on Wednesday. Make sure you're in church on Wednesday, okay? Just as faith attracts the blessings of God, fear also attracts things negatively. Just as faith attracts the blessings of God, fear also attracts things what? Negatively. The believer has authority in Jesus' name to be delivered from all forms of fear. Praise God. Let's take this as our last scripture. Job 3.25. Proverbs 10.24 first, and then Job 3.25. Proverbs 10.24 says, The fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. The fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him. That means, what you entertain by fear comes upon you. Are you seeing that? What you entertain by fear does what? Comes upon you. Now, go to Job 3.25. Job 3.25. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He says, What I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. Don't forget this scripture. What I fear comes upon me. 
And what I dread befalls me. You know what, child of God? It's not only what you believe for that comes to you. What you fear also comes to you. So, if you have anything you're afraid of, you take it before the Lord. You deal with that. And make sure that it's only the desire of the righteous. It's only what you want that is occupying the space in your heart. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed this morning? Can, can we stand on our faith? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Let's, let's, let's. There's this thing I'm sensing very strongly. If you've been having dreams of death, dreams of death, and seen a lot of coffins, a lot of dead people, <laughs> praise God, and you're bound by that fear, I want to pray for you. Praise God. I just speak that very strongly in my spirit. You've been having that dreams we are currently of coffins of death of seeing people that you know that are dead and that's brought fear into your life if you're in this service I'd like to pray for you can you lift your hands praise God can you come forward and no, lay, lay my hands on you thank you Lord that just came up in my spirit there are a whole lot of them in this service you're just saying this whole thing about death about coffins about stuff and that's why the Lord just said we should. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to lay my hands on you. And when my hands come upon you, that thing is going to break. It will snap. It will snap. Thank you, Lord. You guys come sing something quickly. It will snap. Thank you, Father. Oh, Bratesto. The rest of you, whatever fear you have, you're delivered from it. Yeah. Pastor says the Father Jesus. They're delivered from it. Thank you, Lord. Those of you in front, just put your hearts up. That spirit of fear will be broken. You say to yourself, when Pastor lays his hands on me, the anointing of God will come upon me and it will break the fear from my life. Lift your hands.
God wants us completely free from all forms of fear. Praise the name of the Lord. God wants us completely free from all forms of fear. And listen, for the rest of your life, don't put up with fear. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So people are pregnant. They are free. Their children will turn out in a way they don't want. You see, the enemy will constantly haunt you with all kinds of fear. Afraid of getting married, you get married, you're afraid your child will not be born properly. Your child is born properly. You know, people are pregnant, they're afraid they will die when they are giving birth. Praise God. And then they finally give birth, they're afraid the child will not grow up well. The child starts growing up well, they're afraid the, the child will be a stubborn teenager. The enemy will keep putting stuff in your life to deal with until you stand steadfastly against them. And I pray for you today that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, every power of fear is broken in your life in Jesus' name. I said every power of fear is broken in your life in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's have a set. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.